0: your next game is going to be full of secrets and deception. And here's why. In this episode, we find some answers to, does Thieves Can't even work? Can it be used at the table without metagaming? And how does the rogue get epic moments out of Thieves Can't? Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm his brother, Travis. So today we're going into something that's a little bit Dangerous to talk about because a lot of people write it off. Why is it dangerous? Because you're going to get shanked. <laughs> Shit! If you don't read it right, and of course we're talking about the secret language known only to rogues known as thieves can't. Are you going to get shanked because we're talking about thieves can't the secret language? you're going to get shanked. I'll shank you first. I brought a knife into this room. <laughs> That'll be the game we play at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray, you get to listen to one of us die. Who knows? Shanking isn't guaranteed. The the cliffhanger at the end is one of us (laughs) gets stabbed. So, (laughs) okay. So for years, I never used it as a rogue or a player because I just had no idea how. Kind of regardless of how excited I could get about the concept. Like the idea of speaking a secret language is uber cool. Super fun. But how do I do that without learning a new language? <laughs> and I think Thieves Can't is unique because you get it in your head that it's different from the other languages. And I think it is because it doesn't have to be used in the same way as just like, okay, we're speaking in Thieves Can't now. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. And I get that that's kind of just the normal mode when it comes to hey, I'm speaking Elven, I'm speaking Dwarven. Like, unless you've you've spent years trying to learn actual languages like we've kind of covered in the past with Dwarven language and things like that, you can't actually do that at the table. It's challenging to do. Yes. So the idea behind Thieves' Cant, I mean, I guess it's, it's fine. Uh, if you don't speak Dwarven, you don't necessarily have to sp- speak Thieves' Cant. But there's always that little bit of temptation is like, I could speak Thieves' Cant if I just (laughs) learned the basic rules of how to do it. The reason I think all of this swirls around in our heads is because Thieves' Cant is a language that's based off of another language. That term actually comes from Great Britain and other English-speaking countries, because Thieves' Cant came from English, and it twisted it a little bit so that you wouldn't know exactly what thieves were saying. But it's certainly not the only secret language that's ever been in the world d just took that one. You've got all kinds from Lunfardo, which is a language created by the prisoners in Argentina. Mm. You've got Buntling, a language that was localized to one town called Buling, California. It was spoken for about 40 years, and many of the words <laughs> were just named after people that did dumb stuff. Like, a Jeffer was a fire. Because this guy named Jeff went around town lighting things on fire. So why not? That's what you get when you spend too much time on the beach. You get a little bit of sunstroke and you make up a a language called bootling and you name it after the weirdos in your town. Yeah, I love it. I want to learn that one. You've got things like nushu, a language used by Chinese women to communicate around 15 B.C., because women at that time weren't allowed to learn to read and write. So yeah, legit secret language there. Yeah. They're trying to keep that on the down low. My point is there's a lot, a lot of different ones and interesting histories of the secret languages around the world. So our goal with this episode is to try to explore Thieves' Cant a little bit more and see how it can actually be used in a game successfully. Quickly. In... Easily. Yeah. Yeah in kinship camp sounds good this is kinship camp where rich histories and diverse quirks are explored between weary adventurers around the safety of the fire so what are all of these challenges that we run into at the table when we're trying to use thieves cant? well let me tell you because i've run into them all the first one is it's darn hard to use it at the table because you've got this cool secret language that you, your rogue, and only you kind of know and understand, except that you can't speak it, actually. Yeah. And then you're trying to have a conversation with the DM who also can't speak it. Oh. Most likely. <laughs> and then- Lazy. You're trying to have this conversation, and other than just like kind of passing notes or something like that, you you don't have anything else to do, other than say, "Oh, I I have this conversation," and thieves can't. So everyone else at the table plug your ears because this is just between me and the no. Uh, so then you get up and you go to a different room, and so everybody ends up knowing the con the secret conversation, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So there's no there's no point to that. You've got the memorization. Already, you've got this challenge of like, okay, maybe I can memorize a little bit and I can like pepper something. Well, no, because yeah, then you need to teach your DM and it just goes around and around in circles like that. Then you got the other side of Thieves' can't, which is the symbols, which again, super cool concept. Mm. Symbols, marking areas that will tip you off if you're a rogue. As to what's in that area or dangers or... So among symbols in, say, Skyrim, Mm -hmm. Skyrim had thief symbols that you could actually see. And they had a few of them. There was about eight. And those you could actually learn to identify. And it was pretty cool. Like, that's the kind of effect that you're going for in D&D to be like, I know what this symbol is. And then the the DM can kind of like trace it out for you and you know exactly what that means. Except my problem with those symbols is that if I was a shop owner and I saw this little diamond and I still remember the symbols from Skyrim. If I saw a diamond stamped outside my door with a stack of what looks like coins, (laughs) I'd be like, shit, somebody get the sander. I got to sand this out of my door jam. What did that mean in Skyrim? It, it meant that there was money there, that it, like it was a wealthy place and you okay. could steal from it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody carved a picture into my door frame. <laughs> <laughs> dicks. Stupid vandal dicks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like there has to be this like level of obfuscation when it comes to these kind of symbols. They can't be crazy obvious. And if you've ever looked up symbol sets online, there are some really obvious <laughs> obvious symbols. Um, yeah, some of them are really funny. Give yourself a, a good laugh and go and Google them. Because again, if you saw any one of those etched outside your door, you'd find a way to get rid of it. You bane over it. You'd do anything you could yeah. to get rid of this symbol that says, Man with gun lives in house, but super rich. Steal from him. Picture hey. of A picture of a stick man with a bag with a dollar sign on it. And, like, if you want to tell a real story, you've got now, like, six different symbols <laughs> yeah. on your door. <laughs> you've taken up a collection. This must be nothing. <laughs> the markings have got to be able to be made quickly. Because, again, you can't sit there carving into a wall, <laughs> whittling a wonderful picture <laughs> of a man with a rapier. And since it has to be unnoticeable to the average barbarian, it's got to look like, uh, like a mark from moving furniture or something. Really casual and subtle yeah if you could imagine that there were just say like three marks you and i sat down to make our own set of symbols and what we came up with was something that like you said looked like markings that could be passed off as potentially just having been put there by somebody stumbling into your door frame or yeah, like you said, maybe moving some furniture and bumping into it, and now all of a sudden it's it's there. It looks like three gashes on the side of the door frame. Yeah, and we really didn't think there was the need for a ton of information to be conveyed to other rogues and thieves. Yeah, when we started looking at some of the other symbol sets that were online and that other people had come up with, they were really good, but they're telling quite a story. And that's what we found, was that every time you had one symbol, you had to have at least like three others. And now you've got like a little piggy bank symbol and you've <laughs> got a, a an X over the coins, but you have a little jewel sign. And that says that, oh yeah, you can steal from this place, but there's no money, but there is in fact jewels. And it's like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is getting a bit much. So we wanted to just have a couple of, of quick markings that yeah, looked like absolutely nothing to the untrained eye. So we've only got like, eight or nine markings and each of them can be modified with three lines that are in different configurations to say for example you've got an extreme trap you've got no law so if you put two symbols together you can say quite a bit of things so then we started thinking well if the symbols are really simple and you've got just a couple of lines and a half box or something like that, then the act of actually making them could be really simple as well. So, what if there was just a, a quick little tool that you could use? That it was just a, a hard hit on a door frame as you were leaving, and that could potentially act as kind of like a punch into okay. heavy hard wood. So, your rogue character has this tool that quickly makes markings. Yeah. 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 What if it was just the hilt of your dagger? Like you had one dagger and that was the hilt and it just had the right shape to make a quick marking. Yeah. And now it takes less than five seconds to quickly make a mark as you're leaving or even less. Mm-hmm. It's n- not even noticeable to somebody that's looking directly at you. And what we found was that after looking at some of these symbols for long enough, we could tell almost any story with a couple of quick variations, anything that a thief or a rogue would really need to know. And so we thought that we'd make these available to download, and you can use them in a couple different ways. You can hand them out to players with our translation on them, or you can just hand out a symbol, and as the DM, you can make the translation whatever you want on the back of the card. And same goes for the player. Like if you want to hand a marking to your DM and make it mean whatever you want, you can. Then we get around that whole needing to memorize things if that's not the game that you want to play. Or the symbols just become canon as you use them. Yeah, exactly. I need to convey this to another rogue. And that way the symbols are even less direct in their meanings. And building off of that concept... We wanted to do the same thing for conversations. I think one of the coolest things about imagining Thieves' Cant is that conversation in a tavern where two people are talking and they're saying just what sounds like kind of a weird, normal conversation, but it means something totally mischievous. Well, and the whole point is that as you're overhearing somebody or you're walking past somebody in a tavern, that they're having a conversation... That you're not fully listening to, you're not fully actively a part of. Yeah. And at that point, it just, you pass it by. It looks totally innocent. And none of the words that they're saying are gonna stand out. They're not openly talking about criminal activities, nobody's gonna (laughs) notice what they're saying. Yeah. And if you're actually sitting there trying to eavesdrop, you're not getting the full story, anyways. If you're eavesdropping, you're trying to listen in on a conversation, you know that they're probably doing something illicit, but you can't understand it because it all sounds, you know, it sounds a little bit off. (laughs) Yeah. There's something about it that doesn't sound quite right. And you're like, wait, what are they actually? No, that can't be. But you can't decipher it anyway. You can't prove anything. Even if you went to a garden and said, they're talking about this and that. and oh, Okay. So take a walk. (laughs) You're not catching us today. Yeah. So what we did for this, as a tool you can use at the table, we've made some cards available for download as well that will have different parts of a conversation, like different lines from a conversation that if you string them together, it makes one of those sort of normal sounding conversations. And what you can do is you're discussing, maybe a rogue is talking to the DM, you can pass one card as you say it out loud and then write your translation on the back then you're not memorizing things. You're just having that conversation as you go. And the rest of the party at least gets to hear you have a funny sounding conversation in the game. It's entertaining for the rest of the party. There's really, as far as we can tell, anyways, if you have better ideas, definitely want to hear them. Yeah. But we labored over this for quite some time. And I'm not sure that there's any practical way to get around having to pass notes back and forth because we want to pass notes. Because we don't just want to come out in the open and have the rest of the party be in on our roguish conversation. Because that's half the fun, is being a little bit sly. So make the rest of the party ask for the translation once the DM and the thief have their in-private conversation by passing a couple of quick notes back and forth explaining what's on the other side of the card and confusing everybody and i guarantee the stuff that jordan came up with is going to be uh, great for a good laugh and then once you're out of the tavern the rest of the party can have you explain the cool stuff that just went down rather than the entire party just moving on because they all sat there and heard the conversation being had audibly anyways yeah in plain english And of course, you can make up your own strange conversations for this as well. All right, so let's try going through one of these conversations. Okay, so do you want to play the DM or the rogue? You can be the rogue. Oh, why thank you. I'm a gracious (laughs) DM. (laughs) All right, wasn't it your nephew's birthday last week? Yeah, but the catering was 30 minutes early, even though it was at night. Well, my grandfather's birthday had a four-course meal, but of course, only one glass of wine. There's no way to know about every type of wine. I like red, sometimes white, but mostly red. Well, when it comes time to give out the gifts, Grandma will be happy. All right. <laughs> that was weird. That <laughs> I was, I was super weird. I love a Thieves' Candy conversation. <laughs> That's great. Well, and you were the perfect candidate to make up some of these because <laughs> it's that slight incoherence is the... If, if you're th- actually listening. yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. So, okay. You come back to the party and I'm the wizard. I'm Mystical Master McJaster and you're reporting back to tell me what you learned. Okay. Yes. Um, so, I just talked to the bartender and I asked how secure the manor was and he said moderately secure... At night, about half during the day, half of the the guard force. And then when I asked how well trained they were, whether they were ranged or melee, he said he wasn't sure about how how well trained they were, but they were heavily armed and mostly ranged. And then once we uh, get in there and get the loot, we'll uh, make sure that we come back and make sure that they're compensated. All right. That's quite a bit of information in a wacky sense. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, these have been made to sound like conversations that could convey information, but in reality, they don't have to. Um, You know, you can just have kind of a fun conversation back and forth. And the whole point is that you can write whatever the hell you want on the back of these cards. So, like, I, as the DM... I read out what's on the front of the card. I scratch down what I'm trying to say and quickly hand it to you. Then we just go back and forth like that. It's a bit slower than a regular conversation, but it doesn't stop the game with trying to look up Thieves' can't, And it still gives the rest of the party something to enjoy when they get to hear this absolutely <laughs> batshit conversation that's happening. Yeah. Um. So it's still kind of fun for the rest of the party. You're still getting to get all of that stuff across. And you can seem like you speak Thieves can't without actually having to memorize a new language. And props to anybody who has. Because I mean if you've learned Thieves can't, that's that is awesome. So cool. And I want you to call me and talk to me in Thieves Can't. Yeah, how are you going to respond? Like a confused idiot. <laughs> like somebody that doesn't know Thieves can't. So you can find these on our Patreon. You can just download them. It's just a PDF page that you can print out. This is our best effort at Thieves' Cant. Hooray! All right, well, that does it for today. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for the sound effects that you heard in this episode. Follow us at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and Reddit to see what you can say. (laughs) And... Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Get the lobster out of games. the fishing tank. Damn it. I don't speak beast. kid. <laughs> Dip Dad down the old wishing well. Give me two smacks on the left cheek. I'm so and done I'll, with you. <laughs> I'll get you ten llamas for the price of three.